Well, let's welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach, you got team updates for us. Um, team updates coming out of coming out of the Morris season. Um, you know, want to know um, for the most part, not too banged up. You know, so that's a that's a that's a blessing. Um, going into our bye week, you know, coaches are um, obviously doing evaluations um, from you know obviously from the Morris game to clean it up. They're getting a jump on the Carlton um, week, um, and then obviously recruiting is is something that we can never lose sight of so the coaches are busy players are rehabbing they had um, our normal we played on saturday night we had our normal sunday in with the players off on monday practice today um you know we've got some little situational ball in there and then we got obviously some a little bit of carlton work and then obviously got the young guys going so um good week by week one practice so we got to put another by week two practice together tomorrow so well, let's talk a little bit about the the game from Saturday. First of all, I want to know. I, I realize it's a couple of days later, but but did Charlie Wilson score any more touchdowns since uh, Saturday? Because boy, it sure seemed like he was unstoppable. <laughs> I tell you what, man, it got to yeah, it got to a point where I got to make sure that you know Alejandro's going through all of his reads and not just throwing it up to Charlie Wilson because he's Superman. But there's a couple things on tape, which and it's going to get Alejandro better. But there's some op- there's op- opportunities on tape for Eric Eric Finning went. Uh, to catch a touchdown pass, Alec Ralph to catch a touchdown pass. So the more we can get Alejandro spreading the ball around as we get in the league play, it's going to be good for the Hamlin Pipers. So, well, I know that you were expecting a huge season out of Charlie, and that um, you know he was the top guy in the league last year. And what you know, do you kind of look at this and think he's unstoppable right now? It doesn't look like there's a corner out there or a linebacker that can cover him at all. Um. I tell you what, the, this was a this was the best. I've been here ten years. I've played Morris one, two, three, four, probably six times. This was the best Morris team that um, I've seen. Um, and you know, Charlie just rose to the occasion. You know, now we're going to get into league play, so it's going to be a little different. You know, so as excited as I am, like I said, we got to make sure that our whole operation is going the right way as far as making the right reads. Um, you know, get the ball distributed to the right person and not just throwing it up to Charlie because what's going to happen, you know, these coaches, man, we, the thing about the Mayak, the coaching in this league is so good. The players are so good. So the coaches are going to scheme towards stopping Charlie. So we got to get other guys involved, man. So One thing I, I know you got to be thrilled about has been the play of your running game. And I, the last few seasons, I know in particular, you were looking for that guy to really step up and, I know you, you're you're okay with having a few guys do that, but I, I also know you you love that Austin Duncan years there and love the guy that you could just lean on. It looks like you might have that guy here this year. Yeah, we'll see. You know, and the, the thing about Austin Duncan, and I never got a chance to coach him as a head coach. I was just on the defensive side, and when you got a running back like that on your team, when you're a defensive coordinator, you are you're you're putting um you're 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 you're, the, you're that running back's favorite for your favorite guy. Like, I remember just having a conversation with Austin Duncan about just how much I appreciated him. I'm looking back on some stats from actually 2013. We gave that young man the ball 48 times for 298 yards, and we lost in overtime to Carlton. I thought his parents were going to sue us. I said, we can't be giving the ball that We can't get that kid the ball that much. So my point is, yeah, Trey Guerrero is doing a good job, but we don't know. Trey Guer- I saw Austin Duncan do it against Carlton, St. Thomas, St. John's, uh, Gus Davis, Concordia. I saw Austin Duncan – make a significant impact in those games. I haven't seen Trey do it yet. So not to not to knock Trey or Malik, but we gotta see it, you know, we gotta get in stadiums with these teams and, and, and see if we can't and see if we can't do it. So 
he gave up 28 points in the game, but I thought the defense did a very sound job. You know, there were a couple of spurts each time. It seemed like Morris got a couple of things going for about eight or ten minutes, and then you guys really kind of shut them down after that. What, what are things you look at from the defense that you'd like to see maybe just get one step further in their progression? Yeah, and you know what? Something we're we're focused, and I think it's every defense in the country, probably every defense in the NFL, just the tackling. And I know we tackled a lot in training camp, but we got to populate the ball better. You know, we got to get more people, more hats to the ball. Um, you know, th- that was something that I wouldn't say glaringly um, was there on Saturday, but it was a couple. It showed up a couple times where if we just tackle, man, we we probably don't. We probably give up fourteen if we just tackle. Now they had all respect to those guys. That little number five that they had up there. I told the coach after the game and the kid. You know, he's a good football player, man. I'm thank goodness he's a senior. But he's good. So he we knew he was going to get out and get a couple of yards and probably even a touchdown, but there's some things glaringly, man, where they we we kept some they kept some drives alive because we didn't do what we need to do from a tackling standpoint. So I'd say tackling needs to get better and playing a deep ball. Playing a deep ball. Um they had a couple of tall receivers, just like Carlson's gonna have a couple of tall receivers. We gotta be able to time our jump and play the deep ball and be in position. So I'd say those two things are, are things we're highlighting. Highlighting. One other thing I wanted to kind of talk about from this game was it wasn't just a big play. I was so impressed by these lengthy drives you guys had. I mean, three that you had of 80 yards or more is just ridiculous, and four of 72 or more. I mean, you got to feel like you're kind of tearing the heart out of a defense when you're just burning that clock up moving down the field. Yeah, I've been on that side of it, and it's not fun. Um, I, it, it starts with our offensive coordinator, Coach Shelby. Um, he's doing a good job as far as corralling the group. Um, in the first two games, right? We haven't done it in the in the Mayak yet, so I'm excited to see what that looks like. But again, it starts with him being able to communicate clearly to the quarterback. We got a guy that can sit back there and can beat you with his. I won't say a guy that's capable with his arm and he's capable with his legs. There was a couple of times where Alejandro had to make something happen, and he did. Very, very, very impressed and pleased with that. Being more of a defensive guy, that's a problem when you do everything right in the back end, and that quarterback can get out, which a lot of quarterbacks in this league can do. Now that we have a guy like that as well. Feel really good about it, but again, we got to do it in in the venue with the Maya uh, team. Um, and then obviously, you know, the offensive line. There's a lot of clean pockets. Alejandro got sacked once. Charlie Wilson and Alejandro don't have the day that they have the night that they have if the offensive line is not right. And they were right on Saturday night. We're going to need them to be right next Saturday night. So, well, let's hear about your players of the game from the contest. Players of the game. It was. Um, Oh, boy. Uh, I just stepped away from my office. Player of the game offensively was um, Alejandro Villanueva. Um, defensively, it was a code between Javon Jones, uh, led team of tackles, and Ethan Mills had a big-time big time, um, uh, tackle for loss and sack. And the special teams, man, we have, again, I, you know, I know people probably get tired of me hearing me saying this, but, you know, through 10 years I've been here, man, this is the first year we've, we've solidified a kicker. And that kid was responsible for, for seven points in that game, and that's a big deal when you start looking back on how cool some of these games can be. So, Well, that's fantastic. Coach, off this week, what do you look for your team to keep that intensity going? Yeah, we just got to be able to set practice up in a manner where, you know, we're, we're one, we're getting better. It's hard. Um, keep these guys hungry. Like I said, we're really focusing on defensively populating to the ball. Um, offensively, they run a tricky scheme, so we can't just – this can't be a unique bye week where you just, hey, it's training camp and we're working on ourselves. Yeah, a piece of it is that fundamentals, but we got to start introducing these at Carlton because they run a tricky scheme on defense, and then offensively, I mean, they have some really nice pieces, nice players 
So we got to we we've got we got to get a jump on them. And I know, you know, maybe I'm t- saying a little bit too much, but you know, I want to be honest on the show and 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 let people know who the people that are listening. You know, they listen for a reason. So I just want to be honest, and that's where we're at. So. You know, it seems that every year people ask you about how you feel about the early bye week, and and I I know diplomatically you say, hey hey, hey it comes when it comes kind of thing, but. You know, I wonder when you have a team like Carlton that you have to prep for like this um, that does some kind of tricky things, as you're pointing out, that, that bye week seems like a real good time to be following, following just before a game like that. It does. And I, and I can actually make an, I can make an argument both ways because the way we're playing right now, I remember walking up the field Saturday night like, dang, I wish we could just go on and play next Saturday and just keep it rolling versus getting ho- hopefully not um, you know stale. But, again, they do present some things defensively that we do need to – spend some time on, man. It is a juggernaut, man. And, you know, this is the first time our offensive coordinator is going to see it. And I know our OC before, the couple OCs before, man, it was always, they spent a lot of time on it. So we're going to have to really be good and sound. And it can't be complicated because what they do is complicated. So we can't complicate ourselves. It's got to be simple, got to be solid, sound, solid, sound rules, and our kids have got to understand what we need them to do. Well, what do you think is the challenge for an offensive coordinator in a situation like that facing a defense that, does some unusual things that he's never seen before. Yeah, hey, listen, it, it starts with making sure we know what to do first. We have to know what to do to eliminate the mental errors. And then once we get that and we understand what we have to do, we got to get the we got to we got to light a fire in our guys and make sure that we're playing. We we got to play harder than their defense and their front their front five. Well, I guess really their front six because they run a unique three down, two in the box. Another guy stacked. Well, actually, three down, one in the box. Another guy behind him. Two guys outside. Like, it's a it's a tricky defense. So, we got to know what to do. Well, we jump into fan questions this week and NFL time. So you know our buddy Andre is returning back there, and he says, "Coach, we didn't see much from the offense, but we got a victory out of it. So, how how do you feel about our Eagles so far?" Wow, man. First of all, it's good to hear from you. I don't. I didn't get a chance to see the game. I know it's close. And something it was a discrepancy late in the game, I guess, with um, how something was handled. Um, but I'm excited about getting a win again, just like us, right? It, you know, they won 25 to 20. It's good to teach off of wins, you know, and that's what we've been able to do for the last two weeks. But they got a win. I think the Vikings fly out to Philly for Thursday night game, so hopefully that's a little bit of a um, disadvantage for Minnesota. But one of my players, obviously a normal Philly Eagles fan, he said, "Oh, coach, the Vikings are done." You know, they got to go to Philly. It's nobody can watch it. Listen, man, like, it's the NFL. Anybody can beat anybody. So, you know, obviously I want to see Eagles win, uh, and I do, I do enjoy my Vikes. So it'll be – I think it's going to be a close game, a lot, a lot closer than people think. I think you're just trying to give your player a, something to be happy about. But we all know Philadelphia's going to win, right, Coach? <laughs> uh, let's talk about Mike, who says uh, – Coach, I think if you were a Bears fan, you were hoping that Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets was going to be a sign that things were going to turn differently in the division. Looks like those hopes were squashed this last week. I'll tell you what, man. The Bears, who did the, the Bears play? Who did they play? They played Green Bay and were beaten 38-20. Played Green Bay, got it. Yeah, I, again, just from the highlights and what I heard, I sound like the Love Kid did pretty good. So I'm happy for him. Yeah. Uh, because he's been sitting for oh maybe three four three years, so I'm very I was very happy again. I would love to get a chance to watch him play, uh, but happy for him and Justin Fields will be okay. Justin Fields will be okay. So Bears fans can you know don't don't pull the plug yet. It's week one, so just hang in there. Next up, we have uh, John. Excuse me, who says, Coach? It seems like every year that Minnesota 
has to be in the playoffs that they wind up facing the New York Yankees and getting bumped out. The Yankees don't even look like they'll make the playoffs. So do you think this might be the year for the Twins to pull the big playoff run? I'll tell you what, man, I would love to – I always tell people this. October baseball is so much fun, man. So I would love for the Twins to be in it, not just a play a play-in game and they're out like, let's get a series here, man, and let's get that thing going. So I'm pulling for the Twins. I'd like to see that happen. Um, so, and again, obviously comes down to pitching and, and can you get the bat on the ball, man. But I love October ball, and it would be great for the Twins to have something going on in uh, late, late September, early October. Amanda would like to know, Based upon the first two weeks of the season for you, you have to move your first game up to 10 a.m., then you play a late game in your second game of the season. Is there any psychological issues or, or trying to get your team prepped when you have an early contest one week and then have to play late the next? Yeah, you know what? One thing that I talk about a lot, man, and we talked about it at that 10 a.m. start and at that 6, 6 p.m. kick, we ain't making excuses. I don't care if we got to play at 11 o'clock at night. We ain't making no excuses. So I just tried to beat that into their heads. Hey, listen, we got to play at 10 because of a, we, we want to get the game in and the heat's going to be crazy at 1. And they had homecoming, and it was a away game, and they can schedule a time. So we're not going to make excuses. So, yeah, no, it could have easily – I shouldn't say easily. Maybe it could have crept in, but I was very conscious of that and wanted to make sure we don't make excuses. Mario would like to know if you are satisfied with so far with your seeing with the offensive line, considering that you thought this was going to be a very big strength for the team. Yeah, I'd say that I'm never never satisfied. I'm always, always, always hungry, never satisfied. Um, Am I pleased with some things that we've done offensively? Yes, and particularly with the O-line, yep. We got a long way to go. You know, my big thing right now is we got to cover people up up front. You know, there's too many times, I shouldn't say too many, there's enough times where we got a guy cut loose, and we can't have that. Not, you know, not when we're getting ready to play one of the, you know, a, a back-to-back seven and four um, ball club, man. That, you know, that, you know, that's really done a good job of establishing themselves as a as a as a mid to upper echelon team in the MIAC. We can't do that. So, am I am I am I satisfied? No, but am I pleased with some things? Absolutely. Wendell would like to know, what's the message you send to your team when they have this extended time off before the next game to ensure that they're staying sharp? Yep, uh, great question. Just staying hungry. Stay hungry. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally doing some messaging things with some PowerPoints every day, getting it in front of them so they can see that, hey, don't be satisfied with, with being 2-0. and All right? And actually the way we, we talk is, you know, we, we just won – you know, we just were one and on the Moore season. Moore season's over. We are zero and zero in the in the Carlton season. Well, we're zero and zero in the bye week, and then next week, Monday, next week Tuesday will start. You know, the, the 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 Carlton season. So, you better stay hungry because we everybody our fifth years and fourth years know how this game has gone, and we want to make sure we change that this year. Hal would like to know. He says, Coach, I know that every season fans get a little hyped up when a victory or two starts out the year, but I did want to point out one thing that I have seen in watching the games. It looks like the team looks a lot more focused, like they are really in tune to every play in games. Are you sensing that same thing yourself? Yeah, well, one thing we did with our leadership team is just trying to – we talked a lot about, and again, hats off to Coach Greenwald, one of our co-defensive coordinators, talking about being mindful, you know, just – being mindful of the moments and just everything that we're doing. So if there's a little bit of change, it's hard for me to see it because um, I'm in it with them every day and I've been doing it with them since January. But, I mean, maybe that is something that somebody from the outside can see. 
But you know, we're not anoint we're not anointing anybody yet. We are we got so much we got so far to go. This we're so early in the early into this journey that I can't even I can't even get excited too much. You know, you once we got all that lock we, we win the game, we sing the fight song, we go into the locker room, I address the team, the lock the team goes back out, they see their families. I'm already thinking about how in the heck are we gonna slow Carlson down slash put points up on them. That's where my mind is right now. So all good. John says, I don't know if you can answer a question like this, Coach, because it's kind of open-ended, but what does the word respect mean to you? Ooh, respect. I mean, obviously, respect is something um, that, you know, you got to earn it. You know, you're just not going to get it. You know, that's something that's very important to me, Um, just being in different rooms and different circles. Everybody might not like me, but the way I carry myself and the way I treat people, you're going to respect me. And I think that's very important. So what the, the word means to me is it's a, it's a very important word. Um, it's a word that, you know, you know, you can't just go into a room and, and get it off the, you know, off based off of nothing. It comes off of how your actions are and how you carry yourself. And, you know, you got to make people respect you. You know, that's what we got to do as a football program. We got to make people, teams in the MIAC respect us. That's a great question, man. So we don't, you know, I feel like, and I'm just being honest, I feel like a lot of teams look at us and they say, hey, that's an easy win. We got to get respect. How do you do that? Got to play good ball. How do you do that? We got to eliminate mistakes. You know, so from a football standpoint, respect is very, very, very uh, important. So, Outstanding. And on that note, Coach, give us your words of wisdom for the week. You know what? I probably should have started with this, and I apologize. I did start my team meeting today with our, with our team, talking about 9-11. Um, I did not meet with them last – yesterday they were off. But, you know, I got a chance to watch something on 60 Minutes, man. And talk about being selfless. Selfless is one of the pillars of our program. And I was watching that thing with them firefighters, man, and they had a chief on the on the ground level. He told some of his guys, hey, you got to put 75 pounds of weight or whatever they had to bring up to walk up to the fire, 75 flights of stairs, and those dudes knew they weren't coming back. I mean, that just, to me, man, got goosebumps. And I talked to the team about being selfless, and that's a selfless act. You know, so I think we want to make sure that every year – I remember exactly where I was at um, 2001 – September 11th, man, when those towers went down and, you know, just the, the people that, the selfless people that um, went up to try to save people and the people we lost in that, man, we should not, will, will not be forgotten as long as we have this platform. And you and I have this platform. We need to make sure we acknowledge that. We acknowledge it with our team and make sure that they understand that, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of selfless people in the world and we want to be selfless people as well. So, You know, Coach, you've given a lot of great words of wisdom over the years, but that was one of the very best. So, fantastic. Thanks for joining us this yep. week, Coach. Thanks for listening. Well, let me welcome you back, and I'm honored to welcome Charlie Wilson. Charlie, before we kind of dive into the show here, I'm just wondering, after that incredible performance last Saturday, have you caught any touchdown passes since then? Because it seemed like you were catching one about every three or four minutes last Saturday. Uh, just in practice, I guess, but that's really meant about <laughs> it. <laughs> Well, right on. Well, let's talk about that victory last week. The offense is really rolling. You guys look like you were having a lot of fun out there. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's always fun to score points. Uh, it's fun when the quarterback trusts you and throws you the ball. I enjoy getting the ball. So it's always fun to score points, and ultimately it's fun to get the win. So it was a good team effort, both sides, offense and defense. Uh, balance attack on offense. We were able to throw it able to run the ball, especially in the second half. So, yeah, it was, it was a good time. It seems that 
over each of these seasons, you've just gotten to be more and more unstoppable. Is this just a question of maturing more, or how do you attribute the continual growth and success for you? Uh, could you repeat that question? It kind of cut out for like half of it. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, you. I think we've seen each season you've just gotten better and better. Do you attribute that to just becoming a little more mature, or is this something else that you're seeing that's helping you to be so successful each passing season? Yeah, I think it's a, kind of a combination of both. I mean, I was a quarterback basically my whole life and then moved to tight end. So it's kind of just getting used to uh, playing receiver was getting used to it for the first couple of years, playing tight end receiver and also just experience. I mean, we go, the Mayak's one of the best conferences, if not the best conference in the country. So we get a place against some good DBs, good defenses. So just learning, uh, in game learning, watching film, being able to learn from my past mistakes has been something that I've been trying to do over these past couple seasons. So, Six touchdowns already, your, your season high was seven last year. Um, are you setting a goal for how many you think you can reach this year? Uh, I don't really have a number goal. I think just my goal is to catch everything that's thrown to me. Uh, and if it ends up in a touchdown, then I will not be too disappointed. But, no, I don't, I don't think I have a number goal specifically. You and Alejandro look like you've really built up quite a, a chemistry about, you know, he knows he's going to find you open. You know he's going to be looking for you. How do you build that type of chemistry when you guys have only really been playing with each other for about eight, nine games total? Yeah, it's it's a lot of the off-season work we put in. Um, I remember after it would have been his freshman and my sophomore year, I remember immediately after the season texting him and be like, we got to throw. So like a week after our, our my sophomore year ended, we were out there throwing in November and just continually throwing. Like in the winter time, we go to some domes or indoor, indoor fields and we throw then. Uh, during the summer, Alex will stay here for most of it and we throw four times a week at least. So just con like throwing and then also just hanging out. I mean, we're really good friends outside of football. So just hanging out on the weekends, doing stuff together, uh, that's kind of what attributed to our chemistry, I feel like. Are you telling me that the California kid didn't want to be outside throwing in the wintertime with you? <laughs> no, it's more me. I, I don't like the cold that much, <laughs> even though I was born here. I, I don't do well in the cold. Right on. Uh, this season, you guys off to a 2-0 start. That's been the way the last few seasons for you. So. What do you think could be different this year for the team? Yeah, I think I think we're not getting too high off these two wins. I think the last two, like you said, the last two seasons we've gone two and zero against the same teams, and we've kind of fallen off once we get into Mayak play. So I think this season we're ready, we're prepared. We know that Crown and Morris were good teams, but and all respect to them, they were good opponents. They have good players, but it gets the step up step up in competition starts in the Mayak and we've seen that in these last couple of years. And we have a semi, pretty like a pretty young team, but the coaches have been very good at letting them know that once you get into the Mayak it's a different different game than the first two games. So that's been kind of the message we've been 
telling everyone these last week or so. How do you like this having this bye week right before you begin the MIAC schedule? I think I guess I had never had any other bye week. I think every year I've been here, it's always been this week. I I think I like it though, just because it gives us time to prepare more for the MIAC play. Uh, get us time for more for Carlton. Um, so yeah, I think it, if it was either week one, week two, week three, I'd rather have it be this week, which is week three. So taking on Carlton, uh, a rival school to you guys. Um, what do you think needs to happen for the the Pipers to wind up being successful two Saturdays from now? Yeah, I think just not letting the flow of the game dictate our emotions too much, if that makes sense, I think. Carlton's a good team, and they're going to make some plays, uh, some good plays against us. They're going to score. They're probably going to stop us once or twice. But the thing is just not letting that like build up, build up, continually build on throughout the game, not letting that affect us too much. Realizing that they are good players and they're a good team, they're going to make plays. But we also have good players, and we're also a good team, and we're going to make play. So just not letting that affect us too much. Senior this year, um, how do you liken those additional responsibilities of being in the, one of the major leaders of the team this year? Uh, yeah, it's been interesting. I think I'm more of a quiet, reserved guy, so I'm not going to like get in front of the team and say much. But I try best to lead by example. Uh, younger guys watching me, stuff like that is what I try to do. But I've enjoyed it so far. But once again, Charlie, what is your major at Hamlin? Uh, I'm doing computer science and then computational data science. And, and what are you looking to do for that when you graduate uh, eight months from now? Um, not exactly sure. I think I'm looking into like software engineering or like being a data scientist somewhere, so something like that. That's awesome. Well, Charlie, let's end on this. Why is it great to be a Hamlin Piper? Yeah, I mean, it's great to be a Hamlin Piper because it's great to do something special. And I feel like this season is going to be something special for us, so that's why it's, that's why it's great to be a Piper. Fantastic. Charlie Wilson, thanks for joining me this week. Thanks for having me.